Good Sunday morning. Welcome to the latest edition of Sharing the Victory, a program sponsored by the West Virginia University chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It is Thanksgiving week. We hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and for a lot of people, the holiday continuing through the weekend, which is great. And with us is the campus director of the WVU FCA, Kirby Myers, in with us on this Sunday. Good morning. Thanks Good morning. for coming in. Happy Thanksgiving to Happy you. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, Thanksgiving, what, what, what is it, where does it fall in the holidays? I mean, it's not, obviously, uh, for us Christians, uh, Christmas and Easter, yeah, are the are the the, the Super Bowls? Those right? are the true holy weeks, right? Christmas right. and Easter. Thanksgiving, though, is an opportunity, obviously, to reflect for all the good things that have happened for you in your life and what you're thankful for. And first and foremost is salvation. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, as Christians, and I'll say this here in my in my message here in a few minutes, but I think we should be the most thankful of all people, right? If we know that. Our sins are, have been forgiven. Uh, we're on our way to heaven, and the best is yet to come. We have a lot to be thankful for. And yeah. so it is a great holiday to, to stop and, and count our blessings and um, just give thanks to God for all that he's done for us. Yeah, Christmas is my favorite I, and most people's, I would think, because of just the peace that's involved. I mean, and it doesn't matter what you do, um, whether you're traveling or who you're with, there's always that you know that Christmas Eve and early Christmas morning. There's that. There's that peace. There's that feeling of peace. Everything just slows down and uh, stops. Yeah. Really, um, Easter not so much. It's kind of like just kind of the hustle and bustle. Thanksgiving's kind of an in between because a lot of people travel. Um, you've got large family gatherings, and it can be chaotic at times. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving is. It, but you're right. It's that. It's it's the time for. A Christian to just kind of have that that peace and calmness, knowing that you're saved. Yeah, you know, I, w- I was on a date many years ago, um, and this girl that I had taken out, she was a believer, and we had a long way of travel. And she said, "Let's play a little game called I'm Thankful for," <laughs> and we just kind of went back and forth, and we easily did an hour of I'm thankful for this and. We could have gone for yeah. hours and hours, and I always challenge people to do that, to just sit around the table and, and talk about what you're thankful for because we can't exhaust all the blessings that God has given us. That's true. Um, <clears throat> you're, thankful for, you're thankful for your salvation. You're thankful for your health. You're thankful for your family. You're thankful for the, uh, the country we live yes. in. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best and uh, richest country uh, in the in the world, right, and, and right. even you know, even if um, even if you don't have a lot, chances are you've got warm clothes, you've got a warm place to live, and you've got food. Some yeah, food, absolutely, absolutely, probably so, a lot of food, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're right, probably more than you need. Well, anyway, it is Thanksgiving week, and um, I, I hope you all out there took a moment to kind of take stock and the things that make this country great and make your life great and uh, just give thanks. Yes. Well, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to be back on the air today. Uh, good morning to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving, belated Thanksgiving as you listen to this now. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Um, it's an honor to, to be able to get in front of this microphone and, 
and record these messages. So thankful for for Kyle and uh, just this airtime that we have to um, talk about the goodness of God and and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to share one verse with you today in the spirit of Thanksgiving, and that is Psalm 1611. A great little verse that says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let me read that again. It's such a great verse. Psalm 1611, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so the title of this message today would be Path, Presence, and Pleasures. Path, Presence, and Pleasures. As we were just talking in the intro there, we have so much to be thankful for uh, during this Thanksgiving season. It is now Sunday after Thanksgiving, so I wonder in your homes, has the Christmas music already begun, or do you wait till December 1st? But in this time of, of Thanksgiving, and as Christians, we should be thankful all year long. We shouldn't have to just take one day where we stop and go, okay, let's stop and be thankful Uh, We should be the most thankful people on the earth or in the world or in the galaxy because we are in Christ. We have been born again. We have been forgiven of our sin. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is a great little verse. Uh, It's in in a series of commands that Paul is giving at the end of that first letter to the church at Thessalonica. And he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, "...give thanks in all circumstances." For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We've talked on this program before about how to know the will of God, and and one of those ways is by being thankful. Uh, This is God's will for you to give thanks in all circumstances. So today we're looking at Psalm 16, and again, just one verse today, the final verse of that psalm, and I want to talk to you today about three things to be thankful for. I think we have many things to be thankful for, but just by looking at this one verse, just want to focus on three things to be thankful for. And the first one here is the path of life, the path of life. The psalmist here says, you make known to me the path of life. God is the creator of all things. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the oceans, the seas, the rivers, the mountains, the hills, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. And God has made himself known to us through his creation. We ourselves are made in the image of God, imago Dei in the Latin. We are stamped with the image of God, and therefore we all have value. We are unique. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, as we read in Psalm 139. And so if this God is worth knowing, he must make himself known to us. And God has done so. He has done so through general revelation or his creation. All men know there is a God as they observe the universe, the created order, the fact that there is... um, not chaos, but there's order to the universe, man knows there is a God, and so man is without excuse. 
But he also has made himself known to us through special revelation, which is the Bible. And he has made known to us the path of life. Man gives us a path that leads only to death. Proverbs 14:12 says there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end but its end is the way of death. God's path is found in the first psalm of the Bible. Psalm 1. Let me read that for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Please excuse me, I'm just coming off a cold this week. In in John chapter 14, we see what Jesus says there when he says in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is one way to God, there is one way to heaven, there is one way to eternal life, and that is through the person of Jesus Christ. So the first reason to be thankful, God has shown us the path of life, and that is life everlasting. The second thing to be thankful for is the very presence of God, the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I love the promises of God. I love to read the Bible and and see the promises of God that are outlined in Scripture. They're so good to meditate on, especially during times of trial, times of loss, times of uncertainty, uh, just times of difficulty to meditate and claim those promises. And they come from a God who cannot lie. And so if God has said something he will fulfill that promise. We can take it to the bank and know that God will fulfill his promises. One of my favorite promises in the Bible, we see it often, is this promise that says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Just the fact that God is always with us, always. There is nowhere that we can go to escape God's presence. Psalm 139 is a great psalm, a psalm of David. I won't read the whole thing, even though I would love to. This is a psalm I I went over a few weeks ago. It's a psalm I love to read with people when they are in the hospital or going in for a surgery or something like that. But we read this in the middle of that psalm, beginning in verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, 
for darkness is as light with you. David says that there is nowhere we can go to flee the presence of God. He is always with us. And here in Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. What is joy? And how is joy different from happiness? Well, joy is a happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. I think that's worth to be worth of repeating. Joy is happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are and what is happening around us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. It is one of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of the nine evidences of the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Holy Spirit, from abiding in God's presence, and from the hope that we find in his word in the Bible. Joy is not based on my circumstances. As Kyle was talking about earlier, it's an inner peace that is based on the facts of God's word. If you think about the Apostle Paul and when he was in prison and wrote many of the New Testament letters from prison, from chains, he had joy. And he could tell others to rejoice in the Lord, and it was something that he was doing despite his circumstances. You know, if Paul could have had it his way, he would have rather not been in chains or in prison, but that's where God had him, and he could see the good in that, and he could, he could sense the presence of God, and he had joy. David had joy even when his son Absalom was trying to kill him. I would encourage you to read Psalm 63, because Bible commentators and historians believe that that psalm was written by David when he was fleeing for his life from his son Absalom. One of the verses there in Psalm 63, verse 3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will glorify you. So he had joy even when his son was pursuing him and trying to kill him. And then Jesus being the ultimate example, Jesus had joy even on his way to the cross. The writer of Hebrews talks about that in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, who endured the cross with joy, the joy set before him. So you can have joy, and I can have joy, no matter what we are going through, no matter how hard things may be, no matter how difficult things may be in our country or in our world. Just turn on the news for five minutes and you're going to hear about a tragedy. You're going to hear about another school shooting or a shooting on a campus or at a mall. Um, or you're going to hear about a stabbing, all these bad things that are happening in our world. But we can have joy even in the midst of great trial and uncertainty because God is with us. God is with you. And God will never leave you. That's certainly something to be thankful for. I've heard many say this in the church. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And he is always working things for my good and for his glory. 
The third thing to be thankful for today is the pleasures of eternity. The pleasures of eternity. Verse 11 again, David says, At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We know that David lived about a thousand years before Jesus. Jesus comes from the line of David. David, If you read um, the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, that's something we love to kind of skip over and, and maybe not pay close detail to. But if you read the genealogy, you see that Jesus comes from David's line. He comes from the tribe of Judah. And when Jesus was on the earth, some would address him son of David because that's really who he is. We know that Jesus lived a perfect life for 33 years. He did many miracles. He preached. He taught with authority. He revealed himself. He manifested himself as the Son of God. Um, and then we know that he, he died. He died on a cross, and he was buried. He was placed in a borrowed tomb, and that he rose from the dead on the third day. And after he rose from the dead, we see in the Bible that he appeared on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection. And then at the end of those 40 days, he ascended back to the Father, and the Bible tells us that he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down not because he was tired, but he sat down because his work was finished. In fact, we think of the words of Jesus on the cross when he said, it is finished. All that the Father had called him to do, he did, obedient to the Lord. And so we read that Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. What does that mean? Well, at the right hand of God, it is a place of blessing. And there is one seat at the right hand of God, and it is reserved for Jesus and Jesus alone. But I want you to listen to this from the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Let me just read verses 1 through 6. Paul says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That is amazing. We re- I read there in verse 6 that God has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you might be listening to this sitting in your car or sitting in your favorite recliner or sitting on the couch or sitting at your desk, but we are positionally seated in the heavens if we are in Christ. It is as good as done for those who are in 
Christ Jesus. Philippians 3.20, Paul expands on this even more there when he says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, maybe you're a citizen of the United States. Maybe you live in West Virginia or Maryland or Pennsylvania or my home state of Indiana or California. Wherever you live, you're a citizen of that state. But Paul says here, if you are in Christ, your citizenship is in heaven. And from it, you await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing to dwell on that. And so, if you are in Christ, and you are trusting in the person of Jesus, and in his finished work on the cross, and you have repented or turned from your sins, the Bible would say that you are forgiven of all your sins. God has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. God remembers your sins no more. They are at the bottom of the ocean floor. Not only that, but if you are in Christ, you are bound for heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your citizenship is already there. And friends, the best is yet to come. This is not our best life now. Some of you may be listening and you're going through difficulties, trials, pains, cancer, illness. This is not your best life. That life is still to come. And the life that we're talking about here is eternal life, life in heaven with Jesus. That old hymn, Amazing Grace, that last line, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. I love the thought of heaven, the thought of eternal life, where there will be no more pain, there will be no more death and no more loss. I mean, this week, over the last two weeks, we've we've heard so much about death and loss, and especially thinking about those three UVA football players that were killed, gunned down, um, just a couple Saturdays ago. There'll be no more death when we get to heaven, no more loss. For our players, that means no more concussions or broken bones or sore muscles, no more need for treatment and recovery, no more doctor appointments, no more sickness or COVID or flu shots or booster shots, no more masks. If you're a student, no more classes or exams. But most of all, there will be no more sin. And I think that is the best part of heaven. No more sin. But David here talks about eternal pleasures. There will be unending worship of Jesus. We will worship the Lamb of God who created us, who forgave us, and who saved us from our sins. And it will never come to an end. My time this morning is coming to an end, but we will never be in heaven where we say, hey, only 30 more days and we're out of here. That will never happen. We will always be in the presence of God. So in this Thanksgiving season, again, just wanted to go over three reasons to be thankful today and every day. And David gives us three here in Psalm 1611. First of all, the path of life. God has shown us that path. Secondly, the presence of God. God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And thirdly, the pleasures of eternity we will go to heaven and we will only know 
his goodness, his grace, his mercy, and his love. Let's take time to thank him now. Father, we do thank you for showing us the path of life, showing us, Lord, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. But Lord, you have shown us the path that leads to God and to salvation. And that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the presence of God that, Lord, you have promised you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And Lord, in your presence, there is fullness of joy, a happiness despite my circumstances. And thank you for the pleasures of eternity the way that await all of us that are hoping in you. Lord, we continue to pray as we've been doing on campus for those families of those three men that were killed at UVA, University of Virginia, for the families of Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. God, I pray you would just give them comfort and strength. I know this is probably a very difficult Thanksgiving for them, but Lord, I pray that you might encourage their hearts and that they would find their hope in you and you alone. And for Mike Collins, as he continues to recover, give him healing, Lord. Raise his body up. I know that he wants to continue playing football. So, Lord, if it be your will, I pray that you would allow him to return to the field. Lord, remind us that life is a vapor. It is here today and it is gone tomorrow. Teach us to number our days, Lord, that we would live our lives for you and live them with no regrets. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sharing the victory on WAJR on this Sunday morning, WVU Campus Director Kirby Myers is with us, and I know you've—I'm sure you've—you've uh, you've thought and meditated a lot on this University of Virginia situation. And I mean, has it has it come up with uh, with the players here at all? Well, it has. A um, couple reasons. Uh, one of our guys is a transfer from Virginia, Jaquay Hubbard, and so. He knew one of those players really well. Um, and so just trying to minister to him. And then uh, one of the, um, I think it was Deshaun Perry was from from Miami, Gulliver Prep. And we've got two guys on our roster from that high school. So uh, both of those guys knew him. And so it hits, you know, it, it's another campus and another state, but it hits your own team. And, and I think those guys are mindful too, just as that this could have happened anywhere. You know, it could have happened yeah. here and, and so, uh, yeah, thankfully we have, we have FCA staff at University of Virginia and been praying for them and all the ministry that's been going on there. Well, unfortunately, it can't happen anywhere at any time. I mean, after the UVA football situation was the situation with the nightclub shooting and then just a few days later, the situation with Walmart. I mean, it was a Walmart where someone who apparently worked there went right. in there and opened fire. I mean, it's it, it's the most unspeakable tragedy you could ever think of. And it's, it, it has unfortunately become somewhat of a common occurrence. Yeah, it really has really has. Um, so, uh, but again, our, you know, and those families, um, over Thanksgiving, again, it's the worst thing you could possibly imagine and having to deal with it. And, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know what to say other than, uh, you know, salvation is there for anybody who, accepts it right, right right so you know you know where you're going yeah absolutely you know i think about how horrible those tragedies are 
and how difficult they would be to endure as a Christian. But if you yeah. didn't have hope, how would you deal with it? Yeah, that's uh, that's stark. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's really a stark thought. Okay, on that note, <laughs> we are glad that we've come through the Thanksgiving season and the many blessings that we all have. And um, we appreciate your time this morning. And very soon we'll turn the page to December. And uh, all of that uh, entails the decorations are going up and uh, people's uh, spirits are high. And uh, we'll be going through the Christmas season very, very yes, soon. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right, very good. Kirby, we appreciate it. Thanks for your time this morning. And uh, you've been listening to Sharing the Victory, program sponsored by the West Virginia University Chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You can go to the website WVUFCA to learn more. And you're listening to Sunday Morning on 104.5 FM, 1440 AM, WAJO.